0: the Apollo Podcast
1: Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I am one of your hosts, Chris McGeehee. You can find me on Twitter at Chris B. McGeehee. And joining me this week, he's back, guys. It is Mr. Apollo Dez. you
0: can find him on Twitter at Apollo Des One. Des, what's up, baby? What's up, brother? Man, glad to be back. Uh, I had to take a little absence with the Astros making this run and everything going on over there. But I'm back. So, so, so this had still going. E- but... This had
1: everything to do with the Astros and nothing to do with <laughs> UT
0: blowing another lead, right? <laughs> you know, it's real convenient. You know, like uh, the, the it, schedule uh, so... just
1: lined up perfectly
0: just... for you. Yeah, what are the odds of that? All right, man.
1: Des listen. We uh, it's been a little while since we have talked. We we got to go over a few things. I know we've got some games that we've got to get to uh, for this week nine that we've got coming up. Um, yeah, I, can we talk about the rankings real quick? Because uh, I've got I've got a bone that I have to pick here. Okay. Yeah. Because I am salty. I am biased. Whatever you want to call it. Why the hell? Is Alabama ranked above an undefeated Oklahoma team? Okay. I know that Oklahoma hasn't exactly looked the greatest. Okay. But Alabama lost. What are we doing here with these rankings, honestly?
0: You know, it's just, it's that SEC ESPN bias. That's what you got to chalk it up as, right? Like, that's, I, I don't know. And I'm not going to sit here and champion for OU, but it is seems a little weird. No, I, yeah. I mean, look, I for years I've been
1: a beneficiary of the ESPN SEC bias, but now that my team is nowhere close to being ranked, I hate it. Honestly, drop Alabama down a little bit. You know, I, I say you put them behind Oklahoma, you put them behind Michigan, you put them behind Michigan State right now. If they want to be ranked anywhere near the top four again, they're going to have to earn it. But whatever. Something else that we need to talk about in these rankings is the Ohio State-Oregon rankings. Ohio State is now up to fifth. Oregon is currently sitting in the seventh spot. They're both six and one on the season, but obviously this is slightly notable because Oregon does have the head-to-head matchup win against Ohio State. Des. Are you of the belief that Oregon should still be ranked ahead of Ohio State because of the head-to-head win, or are you okay with Ohio State being ranked higher because they've looked better over the last several weeks?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm like stuck in this like conundrum, right? Like, I, what do you what? Walk me through what your thought process is first, like, because I just I don't know.
1: Look, okay, so I think there's two different ways that you have to look at it, right? If you're talking about the college football playoff committee, their job is to pick the best four teams in the nation based off of up to and including the eye test, right? And in that particular scenario, Ohio State has looked better than Oregon over the last several weeks. I mean, they're averaging like 50 some odd points, Over the last three or four weeks, I believe, Oregon, meanwhile, is having to kind of squeak by some of their opponents that are definitely lesser than them. Um, But on the other hand, like in the AP poll, which is the one that we go by here as of right now on Road to Glory, it's just supposed to be about resume, really. And right now, I think Oregon has the better resume. They've played one extra ranked opponent, I believe, and they've got obviously the head to head win. I I've seen this debate raging and honestly I think that as of right now it is my personal belief that Oregon should still be ranked ahead but Ohio State has a chance to continue to rack up a better resume. They've got more ranked opponents left on their schedule. Yeah. And so I think Ohio State has time to prove that they deserve a higher ranking but as of right now me personally, I would still have Oregon out front.
0: Yeah, I think I I think I concur with that. Giving Oregon the benefit of the doubt and you have to reward them for what they've done right on the front side and not project Ohio State being rewarded for what lies ahead of them because they could trip up and then Exactly. Uh, it Yeah, so I agree. I think and, and it, it should this be like is, that.
1: This is a moot point if Oregon falls into a trap game with Colorado this weekend, uh, which is entirely possible. There's no reason that they should, but it just seems like the kind of game that could trip them up. Uh, but I got we've got one more team here that I kind of want to touch on, and that is Wake Forest. They are seven and zero. They are in the driver's seat in their division in the ACC, the uh, the Atlantic Division. It looks like they're headed towards the ACC title game against what is likely going to be Pitt, maybe Virginia. Um, and they're ranked 13th. Wake Forest, I saw this stat earlier today. Wake Forest is literally the only Power 5 team in the entire nation that has never been ranked in the top 10 in the history of the AP poll.
0: That's wild.
1: Honestly, I, it stunned me when I read it, but then you think about the history of wake football and you're like, eh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. It, it, it makes sense. But also, you know, for them to have never ever been in the top 10 at any point over the last hundred some odd years. Now I'm a big demon Deacon fan. Now I want it to happen.
0: I'm it, How cruel is it going to be if they get up to like a lot oh, stop and then <laughs> like North first... Carolina gets them like <laughs> night, night, not this week, but next week. Yeah. Oh
1: man. That would suck. All right. Des we we've got some games to get to um, and the the one that we have to start with man is it's the big one it's the it's the top 10 matchup of the weekend it is undefeated 7 and 0 number 6 Michigan the Wolverines will be taking on undefeated 7 and 0 eighth ranked Michigan State this game is of course going to be in Spartan Stadium Look, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day, Uh, going to be partly cloudy. temp's going to be right at the mid-50s. And right now, Michigan is a four-point favorite going into this game against a Michigan State team that, honestly, these two teams, they're just very, very similar to each other thus far, except for on the defensive end. So, Desk. Coming into this matchup, give us your thoughts, man. Take this any direction you
0: want to take it. This is a game. If I'm going to believe in in Michigan, like this is the this is the moments in time in my life that I'm like, okay, I will finally believe in them. So, so of course they're going to lose. Then, of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be bad. It'll be like a blowout. But. I'm just saying I just want to believe in Michigan for the first time in a decade under Harbaugh, how long it's been. Um, I'm excited to watch this game. As a football fan, I am super excited. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly,
1: God, it, it. I feel bad even saying this, but Michigan, this Michigan team seems like the type that would win a close game against the Spartans. And then runoff wins against Indiana, Penn State, and Maryland over the course of the next three weeks, and then get absolutely blown out against Ohio State in the regular season finale. I it just it seems too easy to predict it. And you know me as a fan of chaos, I'm I'm not sure what I'm hoping for more here. I don't know if I'm hoping that Michigan finally gets. Back, I don't know if I am rooting for Michigan State here. I mean, both of these teams obviously still have to play Ohio State. Michigan gets to do it at home. Michigan State has to go to Columbus. It seems like Michigan might have a better chance to pull off the upset against Ohio State. So does that mean that I should be rooting for Michigan here? Or do I root for the triangle scenario? Michigan State to beat Michigan, Michigan to beat Ohio State, Ohio State to beat Michigan State. What's the right play here?
0: Or do we just root for the most fun shit possible? Yes, let's do that. Let's just root for chaos and the most fun shit possible. Uh, Because Just because, like, both teams have just been – I felt like they've always wanted me to, like, latch on and root for him and, and, and to take down, you know, urban and big bad Ohio state and, and day and all that. But I kind of want to see chaos all up and down this next month. You I know, mean, let's do it. Let's just w- just go on the fun shit. When it comes
1: to this Michigan team, I mean, Cade McNamara, the, the quarterback for Michigan, he... Let me ask you this. I, he I Okay, so I guess the easiest way to ask is first to give you his stats so far this season. So he's 92 of 146. It's a 63% completion percentage. It's not bad. He's got 1,100 yards, but he's got five touchdowns and one interception. He – I mean, it really seems like he has assumed the role of game manager, and I hate using that term, but Michigan has relied – so hard on their rushing attack to just absolutely destroy everybody so far this season. I mean, they're, they're putting up 250 yards rushing per game, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so here's my question. When Cade is called upon, do you feel like he has the ability to rise to the challenge in a game like this against Michigan state or, uh against Penn State or against Ohio State later on. I mean, with the way that they have throttled him back this season and kind of reduced him, what does that portend for for some of these future games?
0: He's gonna have to make a big throw, right? Yeah. that's it, that's this the when you, you strip it all down, he can he make the big throw and will he make will he pull the trigger on the big throw?
1: I just I mean when the but coaches I, haven't exhibited trust in you 100%. thus far this season it makes it a lot harder to pull
0: that trigger on that throw later on. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's what the problem is. Like, he's going to have to make it, whether it's in the playoff and they they run the table or or Ohio State or this game on Saturday, right? He's going to have to make. I I mean, if if you want to be the best team
1: that you can be, eventually you have to have a quarterback, period. And there's just no other way around that. But this game, I mean, it is. Is absolutely a matchup between two teams who love to run the ball. We've talked about the rushing totals for Michigan. You know, on the other side, Michigan State, they've got Heisman, hopeful, Kenneth Walker, the third. I mean, dude, is I honestly, no running back really gets talked about in the Heisman discussion anymore, but the man's carrying a five yard average. Per carry so far this season i mean he's three i'm sorry he's carrying a six and a half yard average i completely screwed those numbers up he is three yards shy of a thousand on the season on the ground he's got nine touchdowns and he's averaging six and a half yards a pop every time he gets a handoff has not fumbled the ball yet i mean he is exactly what you're wanting in the backfield, and it really just seems like Michigan State is just going to feed him and feed him and feed him against the Wolverines and just force them to stop it. Yeah. I mean, in a matchup of of, of the rushing attacks for these two teams, how do you see it
0: going? Uh I I, I think the the biggest question is what line is gonna win the battle, right? Who's gonna open up the holes to let their running back shine? Because both Absolutely are Absolutely
1: fair question.
0: Absolutely, both, both are uh, e- extremely. T- I just, I, I think if they're gonna get a, a shot to shine in this game, it's gonna be who who controls the trenches. I,
1: I just, that's what I. Is is that your X factor for the game overall? I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah. because we, we know who these both teams are. They want they want to establish the run, like like all teams do. So it's who's gonna be. Uh the battle winner in the trenches. I think that's what's gonna, what's gonna happen.
1: That's fair. All right, Des. Uh, real quick before we before we end this, let's go ahead and get it on the record. Who do you actually think is going to win this game?
0: So the Vegas line has, it. I'm pulling it up right here. The over-under is what? 50 and a half?
1: 50 and a half with the points, mission minus
0: four as yep. a you know what? Give me Michigan State. I know, well, but I started this second. I I if I'm taking if I'm betting, I'll take the, the free points. Outright, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Michigan by like okay. a by a field goal.
1: All right, Des. We have some more games to get to, and we're gonna do that right on the other side of this break. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Chris. I'm here with my co-host, Dez. Dez, listen, we talked about the big game of the weekend, and now we have to address some comments that you made the last time that we talked a couple of weeks ago, okay? Because there was a couple of things that I heard. Number one, I heard Texas was going to kick the living shit out of Oklahoma. It did. It did. And I also heard from you that if I'm quoting you directly here, I believe you said Baylor is overrated as hell or no, I'm sorry. I think you said Baylor are trash. Yes. Baylor uh, is now six and one. The university of Texas Longhorns are four and three. Are there any amendments that you would like to make to any of your I, previous I'm statements? doubling
0: down. You are I'm doubling, doubling down. down. Texas is going to beat Baylor by two touchdowns. Wow. I'm doubling down. I have to. I can't sit here, and I won't sit here and, and say I was wrong. I'm just going to double down <laughs> until I'm right.
1: <laughs> I mean, eventually you have to be right at Eventually. Some point, yeah?
0: Eventually. We'll, we'll, it may be four years down the road, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there.
1: All right. Look, man, I – I know we come on here and I know you think that I just try to poke fun at you, poke fun at UT. And that's, that's really not what I'm trying to do. Okay. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to, I don't want to seem like one of these guys, but I find this Longhorns team so fascinating and you are obviously right in the thick of it. And we saw this past weekend, another collapse another second half collapse. Yeah. What? Okay. So we saw it against Oklahoma. We saw it against Oklahoma state. I need you to walk me through what is going on because in the first half of these games, UT is looking like a playoff team. And in the second half of these games, they're looking like this year's version of Clemson. So I assume that honestly, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of that, but I mean, you, you just mentioned no adjustments. I, is that a product? I mean, are you, are you, are you losing faith in the coaching staff or what what's the crux of the issue here?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, I think they realize that they're not an Alabama anymore, right. Where the depth of players is five stars on five stars on five stars. When, a guy goes down at Texas is probably going to be a, a, maybe a low four I three Herman love those type fringe recruits. And yes, they're super talented, but what this offensive defense demands is a five-star Alabama player. and They're just not there yet. The roster's not there. Uh, they're fighting hard. They come out great. They just, they're not closing. They're not finishing, which is weird because a uh, Herman teams really knew how to not close well because they ended up losing, but they fought well and hard. So, I just think this this team is just not built for what this coaching staff wants to do, and that's that Alabama type style. And I think they're they're realizing it quickly. Um, I think the that Oklahoma game they they schemed Rattler well, and uh, obviously got him benched for for Caleb, who's now Vince Young reincarnated, <laughs> and and just a, a specimen. And, and Texas couldn't adjust, and it's just a you know the red rival game. So fast forward when they played Oklahoma State. First half blowout, it looked like they're about to blow it out. Casey throws a disgusting pick six that changes the entire complexion of the game. Texas can't close it out. Oklahoma State wins. Um, a lot of that, I think, was Casey was seeing ghosts. There's a lot of battle line playing. It's kind of just due to young kids being in there right now. Um, but being banged up and doing that, you're you're you know an upperclassman. You can't be seeing ghosts and having happy feet in the pocket. And he had a terrible game, a terrible second half, and uh, you can't you can't have that from from your quarterback in a one score game. So, um, I think of all of it, the good things to take out is they scheme well early. The bad things to take out of it is they just can't close right now.
1: I think that's a fair assessment, and I think that for as much as you doubled down, I do think they're going to have a hell of a time this weekend. Because this Baylor team that they are going against, I, it really kind of doesn't get more balanced than what you're seeing from the Bears. I mean, they're average 230 yards passing, 240 yards rushing per game on offense, okay? They're putting up 40 points a game, basically. But then on the defensive side of the ball, they're allowing less than 200 yards passing per game and less than 150 rushing yards per game They are – I mean, they're not an elite team. This Baylor team is not an elite team, and I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying here. But what I am saying is they are solid as hell all around. I think they're well-coached. So let me ask you this then because this is kind of – if Texas recruits their ass off, do you like this team more next year?
0: Yes, because they're going to hit the portal hard, right? Um, there's rumblings that Mr. Ewers is not happy at Ohio State. Maybe he comes home to Austin. I don't know. Maybe that. Uh, you're going to have an older Bajan, You're going to have a better experienced line. Um, and just I, I think if you 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 hit it with the recruit the ass off part, I just think that's that's what they got to do or hit the portal hard
1: combination of both yeah i think so all right man so keeping with tradition i just want to make sure we get this on the record you are picking your longhorns to win this game out right yes by double digits by double digits even though baylor is coming into this game at home a two and a half point favorite
0: they've been reading the headlines for a month they've been reading their press clippings texas oh. texican one
1: all right Let us move on to our next game, and that is the 230 SEC on CBS game. Number one, Georgia versus an unranked four and three Florida Gators team. And normally this isn't a game that we would touch on, but it's Georgia, Florida. Right. So I kind of feel like we have to. I mean, this this Florida team has absolutely underwhelmed, but. They have a hell of an offense. I mean, they they definitely have the talent to upset any given team on any given Saturday, and yet, and I know this this stat has been repeated ad nauseum at this point, but, Des, this is a Florida team that has quietly lost six of their last eight games Mm. against Power Five teams. Mm. And yet, Dan Mullins' job doesn't seem to be in jeopardy. They He has basically the same winning percentage as Orgeron, and Orgeron right. just got the boot, and Orgeron had a national title at least to go with his, right? So if Florida pulls off the upset here, obviously Mullen is viewed very highly. If they get the doors blown off of him by Georgia, which according to Vegas, that's what they think is going to happen, is is the perception around Mullen, could the perception around Mullen change as we go forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if uh it's a statement game if that seat's gonna get hot or not. So I, I have Georgia winning big here. i, I said, they're the, we kind of said it early on, they kind of look like the best complete team and they've shown that. And um, so yeah, I don't I think I think they're gonna they're gonna wax them. Both of these teams coming off of a bye week.
1: Uh, you know, the week before Georgia had taken out previously undefeated Kentucky, while Florida is coming off of a 49-42 loss to Florida, or I'm sorry, to LSU. Um, in a game in which I mean we touched on this, but they could not stop anything. They made an LSU team that has struggled to run the ball in every game this season look like i mean they they really look like they had like herschel walker back there Mm -hmm. behind the line um i just i i don't really have any faith in this florida team to pull the upset but just because of the offensive potential you almost have to at least pay attention right
0: i mean mean, because the Yes. Yes, and no. I think you have to. You can't underestimate them, but it's also a little rival game. So I think it's not going to be trappy so much to say because you know who you're playing. You know, yeah, like you know? like yeah. I think because you Kirby's probably saying like, hey, this team wants your rival wants to you know end your season, essentially. I, and of course, Florida hasn't circled you. Win this game, you know, you're you're not on the hot seat.
1: I agree with you. I just – in in the back of my mind, while I 100% agree with you, in the back of my mind, I can't stop thinking about the almost second-half comeback against Alabama, and then, you know, they, they end up losing that game by two points. And then I think about the game that Florida had against LSU where they put Anthony Richardson in at, at quarterback – Uh, You know, they they took Emory Jones out. They put Anthony Richardson in, and he goes for four straight touchdown drives. I They are the exact opposite of Texas for whatever reason. They don't do shit in the first half, but come second half, here they come. Georgia, on the other hand, they have not said which quarterback is going to start this game. That is going to be something that we're just going to have to see. Um whether it's going to be JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett. um, We'll see that basically at 230. And I really think that this game is going to probably be decided in the first half. Yeah. I mean, if if Georgia jumps out to like a 17, 21-point halftime lead, the game's over, I think. Uh, They're just they're too complete of a team. To let this Florida team come back, but if Florida manages to kind of hang around up until halftime, then all of a sudden that second half gets a lot more interesting. Knowing what Florida likes to do in the second half, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. I think if Dan and and have the boys kind of just hang around the rim, right? You're you playing twenty-one with your your brothers going up, and you just kind of sit there and cherry pick at the. Yep. That's I feel like that's what you have to do in this game, and hope uh, Georgia just makes mistakes. Right now, line is Georgia by 14,
1: just to make sure that we're in agreement. Georgia's winning this game, right? Yeah. Okay. I got that. All right, Des. we have a few more games to get to. But first, we've got to get to a break here real quick. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. You're here with Chris. You're here with Dez. Dez, we've covered some of the big matchups that are going to be taking place this weekend. Um, We've looked at uh, Michigan, Michigan State. We've looked at Florida, Georgia. We've looked at Texas, Baylor. Now, I want to give a little bit of love to a pretty good group of five matchup going on this weekend. And that is uh, undefeated SMU taking on the Houston Cougars. Who are currently six and one and right outside the top twenty-five, and man, this this looks like it's going to be a good game. Um, both of these teams are obviously still vying for the AAC. Excuse me. Um, we've got SMU, who a uh, they, they've taken care of business against everybody. They struggled a little bit against Navy, you know, which is always a little bit tricky um houston last week they had to deal with a weather delay um which put them back several several hours and then they go to overtime against east carolina and they ultimately end up winning that game but going into this game uh espn's fpi football power index you know basically splits this right down the middle 50.1 percent for smu 49.9 percent for houston vegas is thinking the exact same thing because the spread on this one is even and so it kind of looks like a crab shoot. This game is going to be taking place uh at TDECU stadium. It's gonna be a nice sunny day, almost 80 degrees. It's Texas football in late October. Des I what are we gonna see here? Is it because we're new points? You think well, I would hope so. Yeah. Over under on this one is 62. And, you know, both of these teams, they are competing to take on Cincinnati. They, they both want Cincinnati. And uh, SMU, they, they actually do get Cincinnati before the ACC title or the AAC title game. Um, they get Cincinnati November the 20th. And if they go into that game undefeated, I mean, that is a huge group of five matchup,
0: but how do we see,
1: how do we see this one shaken out?
0: I I think SMU is going to win. I I think they can outlast Houston and and say, Hey, we're going to put up all these points uh, with Mordecai and just like, Hey, let's just go. And hopefully Houston, they get tired out and they don't make it. So that's, I kind of think is how it's going to shake out just because SMU is almost like the, the Georgia, Florida kind of, you had, you had this game uh, circled on your schedule and like, you knew you didn't want to get tripped up or in a a trap game. So I see, I see SMU winning. That's fair. I do Mordecai. It's
1: absolutely insane, but in seven games, he's thrown 29 touchdowns. Like SMU has some horses on offense. No pun intended. Okay. Um, I, the only thing is they've got a leaky defense. Obviously, they've been out ahead of a lot of these teams. Teams have had to throw on them in order just to try to play a little bit of catch-up, but this is a defense that you can move the ball on. So, I do think that Clayton Toon, I, he's he's old enough now that, you know, and he's he's in his second year of the the Dana Holgerson offense. I'm hoping that uh, – that- this is just a good game, I think, more than anything. That's that's what I'm hoping for here is I want both of these teams to come out and play the best ball that they've played all season because if they do, I think we get an insane and underrated game. This game is at 6 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN2, and I do think that it has the potential to be one of the better games of the weekend, but uh, I'm with you. I think I'm picking SMU as much as I don't want to. But uh, SMU it is. Agreed. All right, buddy. We've got one more game that we've got to get to. Um, and we're going to do this one pretty quick. We've got Penn State, Ohio State coming up this weekend. Penn State is ranked 20th. They're 5-2. and two. Ohio State, obviously 6-1 and one with their one loss being to Oregon. We touched on that earlier. But Penn State is the one that I kind of wanted to look at here a little bit because we see them lose – that game to Iowa a few weeks ago, back on October the 9th, they they've got a lead against Iowa. And then Sean Clifford goes down and they just had to watch their lead slip away. It was, it was hard. They ultimately lost by a field goal, 23 to 20, but you think, okay, it is what it is. It happens. An injury against a team that at the time was one of the top five teams in the country. Shit happens, but then they go into a game last week against Illinois. And Des this is this is kind of what I wanted to talk about with you. Man, we see our first non-overtime game ever, and yet the final score was 20 to 18. I think Wake Forest might have scored more points than both of these teams combined in the first half of their game last weekend. So What do we make of this Penn State team? Do they have any chance to upset the Buckeyes in Columbus?
0: No. And here's another reason why. Mr. Franklin's name has been being floated (laughs) around. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, did you see his quote? Yes, it's bad.
1: My loyalty is to Penn State and these players and this administration. But, you know, the gears are turning. What the hell does that even mean, Des? I mean, that like, why not just go ahead and say, yeah, no, if somebody comes with the bag, I'm outie. Yeah.
0: That's, that, that, that's it all been, It, it would have been
1: easier, easier to say that. But, you know, at the same time, obviously, he's a hot-name coach, but you've now lost two in a row, probably going to be three in a row. All of a sudden, you're going to be sitting at five and three with another game against Michigan and a game against Michigan State left this season. I mean, there's a good chance that they go from being a top-five team at one point to finishing this season like seven and five. Yeah. I mean – That's a legitimate shot. And at that point, his name probably isn't as exciting for schools like USC or LSU or, you know, whoever the right. case might be. I Franklin might be stuck there, <laughs> you know, because then what do you do? But now you've already said things that people know Can't what really, you mean. Yeah can't really backtrack on that yeah so i i mean if you're franklin the only way out of this i mean like he has put himself in a position where he has no choice but to win some games and For sure. it honestly ohio state we see them have these blunders from time to time where they come out and they get upset by a team that they absolutely should crush and I'm kind of hoping for it this weekend just because of the chaos factor that we've talked about a couple of times, but also I would be so interested in seeing how the James Franklin thing plays out if this goes absolutely south for the Knitting Lions.
0: Yeah, I think we're the winners in this because it's either we get chaos or we get chaos. So, I guess it just depends on which yeah. version of the chaos you want more. Who do you All have right. winning this game? Final.
1: Um, it's I gonna- look.
0: I Vegas Ohio State.
1: Vegas absolutely agrees with you. They've got Ohio State by 18 and a half. I think honestly, I think the game is probably over by halftime. They looks like Ohio State is finally clicking. I mean, they are 59 to 7, 52 to 13, 66 to 17, 54 to 7. That's their last four games. They they have found their gear on offense. They're going and I think they win this one pretty handily, but It is a night game in Columbus against a conference rival and bring on the chaos, baby. Hell yeah. All right, Des, we have got to get out of here, buddy. Uh, We have covered, I think, some of the best games this weekend. We didn't get to games like Auburn versus Ole Miss or Oregon versus Colorado, but, you know, there's some sneaky good games that are on the slate this weekend for everybody to check out. And uh, guys, listen, we, we really appreciate you tuning in, giving us a listen If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Chris B. McGeehee Dez, where can they find you, buddy? At Apollo Dez1. And you guys can, of course, follow the socials of the pods themselves at Road to Glory Pod, and you can follow the man at Apollo H-O-U. Dez, absolutely a pleasure to be on the pod with you again, and uh, I look forward to doing this again when we recap this weekend's games. Anything else you need to say before we get out of here, Dez? Texas is back, folks. Texas is back, and they're going to beat Baylor by double digits, baby. All right. Thank you, guys, and we will talk to you soon.